0: This episode of the ACB Advocacy Update has been made possible in part through the support of ACB of Minnesota.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the ACB Advocacy Update. I am one of your hosts, Clark Rockfall, ACB's Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs.
2: And I'm your co-host, Swathenanda Kumar. ACB's advocacy and outreach specialist
1: and welcome to everyone if you are listening to us for the first time please uh, feel free to visit our other episodes Uh, be sure to download and listen and rate our podcast via your favorite podcast player and to hello to everyone listening over ACB media um, that's one of the nice things about ACB. It's not, there's not just one way to consume content. Swapa. There are many channels and an entire media network that make it possible for folks to listen to our advocacy update.
2: Yes, absolutely. And those networks also have many ways, to, many many ways to access content too. Like you can call in media. You can listen on Spotify, listen on any app if you want.
1: Yeah. Or via your favorite smart speaker whose name we shall not mention. Mm. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about ACB and uh, join us and learn more about what we're doing, please visit acb.org. And a big thank you to ACB of Minnesota for underwriting in supporting our Advocacy Update podcast. So for today's episode, we're doing something a little bit different, getting back to the roots of the Advocacy Update. Uh, Typically, we bring you a a single issue, maybe have a guest or two who are experts in the field, whether part of ACB or the broader community, to share their knowledge, wisdom, expertise on our specific specific topics. So whether that was last week talking with Guillermo Robles and Gabriel Lopez Cafati about Hispanic Heritage Month, Or a couple weeks ago, speaking with Joe Naura, who's the co coordinator of the Item Coalition, about what's going on with the possibility to include a Medicare vision benefit and expand access to low vision devices. But, Swatha, now there's there's just so much going on.
2: Yeah, 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 definitely.
1: yeah so here this week we're not coming at you with just one issue, but we're decided that we'll just do a an around the horn kind of grab bag episode, so we will have some status updates on multiple issues that are important to ACB, our members, and the broader community and issues that ACB as an organization has been working on for quite some time. So we'll initially talk about some changes to uh, how folks can receive information from the Social Security Administration. Then we'll talk about recent developments in uh, accessible voting and voting policy. And then we'll go to some uh, more recent announcements and breaking news just this week about work ACB is doing with Discord, as well as a big announcement regarding Planet Fitness. So all right, Swatha, Social Security. What's what's going on?
2: Yes, absolutely. So a couple um last month or, last month um the screen s s a um announced that they were going to um suspend paper ha- not suspend um paper like have paper notices um not like be replaced with alter- the online message um, by by the My Essay Portal, and um, after we after um, ACV and a couple other organization organizations wrote a letter um, asking about the policy um, and clarifying it, um, they clar- they made the, they clarified that. They, that members or, um, recipients would have to opt out. So paper, paper, paper notices online or over the phone. And it'll serve history papers, it was these paper, paper notices in their preferred, preferred, preferred format. What, with the braille, audio CD, or large print, um, for notices that are not, they are not going to be available online. So, um, yes, Clark, anything you add?
1: Yeah, so many of our members uh, know, and folks who are out there who who aren't familiar with ACB's long-standing advocacy roots, the American Council of the Blind was part of a lawsuit brought against the Social Security Administration uh, about 10 years ago concerning alternative formats, and uh, basically folks who were blind weren't receiving the information they needed from the Social Security Administration in a timely manner uh, to be able to manage their Social Security benefits, knowing what they were eligible for, or if they needed to provide additional information. And as a result of that lawsuit, which we won, Social Security has uh, court mandates on how they must comply with the ADA and the Rehab Act. So, This came as a big surprise to folks in the disability community and folks within ACB that the Social Security Administration would be making changes to how they delivered information to people with disabilities. And we did not hear about this from the Social Security Administration. We heard about this initially from a reporter for AARP the magazine and then from other folks in the disability community who had received an email regarding this change. And that initial email said that if you receive uh, your special notices from the Social Security Agency administration, excuse me, from SSA, in an alternative format, but you also have a MySSA online account that if you received a message electronically, you would not receive it in an alternative format. And this set up a lot of red flags for us and our members, right, Swatha?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And one of the reasons was is because many folks have family members or friends who help them manage Uh, their SSA benefits or accounts or information. Or when folks were initially uh, applying for their SSA benefit, they may have created an account, but because they receive information through their preferred alternative format, whether it's Braille, large print, uh, a Microsoft Word uh, data CD, or via audio file with an audio cartridge, they may never go to the MySSA portal anymore. So if they received an alert via that portal telling them that there's a change in policy,
2: they would not know.
1: Exactly. They would not know. And then all of a sudden, all, they would no longer be receiving messages in their alternative format. So ACB, along with National Disability Rights Network and Justice in Aging, sent a letter to the Social Security Administration, like Swatha said, uh, saying, hey, we have concerns with this announcement. We don't think it's been well communicated. Uh, We want to make sure that there's no disruption in service to people with disabilities. Uh, And by the way, this change was going into effect on August 14th. So there was not a lot of time to act. Uh, but we're fortunate to have great partners to collaborate with in the cross disability community. And we received a response from Social Security. Isn't that right, Swatha?
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: And what did Social Security tell us?
2: They told us that um, unless you go online to my SSD, my SA portal, and opt out you know, and physically opt out or um, affirm that you no longer want to receive your. Notices in your preferred for- format and preferred pre- 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 format, um, they would still continue conti- continue to send continue to send those notices in your preferred pre- format.
1: Yeah, so Social Security confirmed that the SSA beneficiaries would need to affirmatively select that they want to receive <laughs> messages electronically. Rather than their alternative format, and that was that was great news. That you know that's what we wanted to hear. So that way, it's it's up to the beneficiary on how they receive the information. What was still concerning, though, was right. that as ACB members reached out to SSA, we received some feedback that there were there were some mixed signals. Right? So I'll yes,
2: the agents from not... It agents were not telling them to talk for the right, right information about, about the notice um, policy. So.
1: Exactly. Either folks couldn't find information about this, uh, you know, change in how information is delivered on the SSA website, or it was unclear. And when they called to speak with customer service representatives or uh, you know, the, the benefit managers at Social Security, they received incomplete or inaccurate information. So we sent a follow-up letter (laughs) to the Social Security Administration raising these concerns. And here we are recording. Oh, geez, Uh, dates and times almost have no meaning here during the, the ongoing pandemic. But it is Wednesday, September 20 seconds. seconds. And this podcast will initially air on Thursday, September 23rd. So, last Friday, September 17th, we received confirmation from the Social Security Administration. They have updated the language on their webpage regarding how people who are blind may receive information from the Social Security Administration. And they've provided additional training. To their uh, you know, call center and benefits managers, so that they are able to provide accurate information on this change in policy, and made it again made it clear that if anyone has questions, you can either visit the website, uh, go into your MySSA portal, confirm how you would like to receive special notifications from SSA. And if you're not comfortable doing that online, you can always give Social Security a call and they will set those preferences for you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's that's progress, right? That's a good advocacy win.
2: Yeah, it you know, is.
1: anytime you can get a, a full and very large government and, uh, administration, the Social Security Administration to work with you to find a, a collaborative solution so that folks can continue to receive the information that they need in the alternative format of their preference. Um, That's it, may, a win. Yeah, yeah. it makes us feel good. It makes yeah. us feel like we're making a difference here in the, the ACB national <laughs> office. And again, big, big thank you to the support and collaboration of National Disability Rights Network, as well as Justice and Aging on making uh, this advocacy win possible. And as always, though, if folks have issues with social security, you can always give us a call or email us at advocacy at ACB dot org. And Swatha and I will see what we can do to help. Hmm.
2: Mm. Yes.
1: So the, the next item that we'd like to talk about is voting. And first, a big shout out to the Bay State Council of the Blind. Uh, it's just recently announced. Within the last week or two, that for mayoral elections in the city of Boston, uh, there will be uh, fully electronic absentee voting for voters with print disabilities. So whether you have a mobility impairment, dexterity issues, you, know, you can't handle the paper ballot or pen, uh, or if you're blind or low vision and you can't uh, see to complete the ballot, Uh, or to fill in your vote, sign the ballot, and do all that, uh, you will have access to receive your ballot, mark your ballot, and return your ballot electronically. So folks in Massachusetts, including the Bay State Council of the Blind, were doing some great advocacy work last year to put a similar system in place for the presidential election, and their advocacy work continues. So uh, Great progress made in the city of Boston and through their work with the Centers for Independent Living, the Massachusetts Protection and Advocacy uh, Agency, as well as disability rights advocates. Swatha, so I'm, I'm sure their advocacy will continue in this regard.
2: Yes, absolutely. Let's continue.
1: And on the national voting front, um, the ACB worked with the American Civil Liberties Union, or ACLU, and several other organizations to send a letter to the General Services Administration, or GSA, regarding the Vote.gov website. And what's going on there, Swappa?
2: Yeah, so um, the Vote.gov website, um, Voter Registration Forum, with um originally not accessible for um people with disabilities for people with the visual, visual impairments um use computers so um we sent a o u sent a letter and a c b signed on um urging the g s a to change that into to comply with five of, six second 504 six five eight of the rehab, rehab rehab act of the rehab rehab act and um make sure that, all, that their forms have alternatives and have um, more accessible features.
1: Yes, and this is an ongoing issue that we will provide an update to our members and the audience on here in the future. Um, but, it, it, I mean, come on, GSA, there's, there's really no, no excuse no. at this point to have an inaccessible form on your website. <laughs> yes, the content of the form um, you know is is mandated by statute, but how you deliver that information um, the, it's clear that you can represent that information as needed so that it is useful to the end recipients. We have seen this done by other organizations who take the existing form um, as well as the instructions for completing the voter registration forms. Um, separate the two, make them accessible, uh, and make it relevant to the end user, and that's what we're seeking for GSA to do as well, to not only make it so that folks can read the forms, but that they can fill them come- out too. Exactly, exactly. All right, well moving on, um, the ACB is continuing to do our advocacy work, when it comes to uh, internet technology and communications accessibility. And I'm sure our audience is familiar with the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act, the CVAA. We had a great celebration of its 10th anniversary last year. Most of the time when we talk about the CVAA, it is regarding audio description. how much is there? Where is it? How do we activate it? Uh, what is there regarding uh, accessible video players and interfaces uh, to gain access to audio description? But there are other requirements relevant to our community, and some may even say, uh, you know, more impactful for people with disabilities, people who are blind and low vision regarding accessible user interfaces uh, not only for video players but for web browsers and mobile phones but also for advanced communications services Uh, so a lot of times we talk about advanced communication services we're talking about real-time near real-time text and audio communications so whether that's uh, a phone a VOIP, voice over internet protocol, uh, desk phone, you know, everything's on the internet these days, even your desk phone, if you're in an office, uh, your wireless phone. But a lot of times these are now web and mobile applications, right, Swatha?
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: And what are some examples of maybe um, a mobile app that provides... Text in audio communications.
2: So it's relevant to our conversation, Discord or um, WhatsApp or those apps too.
1: Exactly. So when you go into the social media, it gets a little bit tricky. Say, like posting a, a tweet or on somebody's uh, wall on a social media site. That's not considered real time or near near real time uh, because they, you know, they might read it, they might not. But if you send them a direct message. That's more of a, a real-time direct communication. Uh, so a, a company or a messaging platform like Discord provides real-time or near real-time um, communications. So it was actually born out of some advocacy work that we did a couple years ago with another platform where folks can uh, you know post Audio files and basically self publish um, as a, as an artist with you know, music, poems and uh, podcasts, things like that. But from our conversations with that company, they, they use and integrate the Discord service into their platform. Uh, That started our conversations with Discord, and we just had an announcement this week with Discord, correct, Swatha?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So this week, um, we announced on our website that um, we work work with Discord to make their platforms and chat features and text features um, compliant with the WCAG um, and the... Other existing um, accessibility legislation and making sure that they um are accessible for people who are blind low vision
1: that's right, and this will be a, an ongoing area of collaboration between a c b and discord now it's It's always one of the things you don't just flip a switch and all of a sudden you are accessible or usable to people with disabilities um, much like. You know, security and and other things. Accessibility is a journey. So we we commend Discord for the work that they have been doing, as well as taking this step to partner and collaborate with ACB. Uh, but we know that there are there are still issues out there. And if you are having um, any difficulties, or if you'd like to share your experience using discord please let acb know and you can do that by messaging us at advocacy at um uh, who knows swatha maybe uh, maybe acb should get on discord so folks can just message message <laughs> us right within the platform <laughs> Absolutely,
2: right yeah. here we are using
1: you know email. snail mail <laughs> dial up email and we we got to get where the kids are on on discord and yeah. and these uh, these other apps right <laughs>
2: yes oh my gosh imagine that imagine that imagine that be that out
1: well i mean what what other platforms are there like a discord out there that and you're obviously uh younger full disclosure swatha is younger than i am <laughs> uh, but swatha what are the main ways that you know your contemporaries communicate online
2: we use all apps. So he's like, he's like, yeah, these apps like GroupMe with Discord, WhatsApp, um, lots of like chat, 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 chatting apps. So lots of apps to chat. Um, just lots of like email. And I guess you know, we don't really do mail anymore or calls anymore. So. Okay. Yeah.
1: I I know of about half the apps that you said. So <laughs> what does that tell you?
2: Uh,
1: yeah. So certainly there are. Um, companies, organizations, and uh, platforms that are more accessible than others. It's great to see the the focus that this industry is putting on accessibility. Uh, But if there are, again, if there are gaps out there that you have identified as a user of these platforms, please let us know by emailing advocacy at acb.org. All right. And then another big announcement came this week. And this is really tied into the the work that ACB is doing as part of our get up and get moving campaign, which touches on advocacy partnerships and public awareness. Under the advocacy umbrella of the get up and get moving campaign is our legislative imperative, the exercise and fitness for all act. Um, if you have not asked your two senators or your representative uh, to Congress in the House of Representatives, if you've not emailed or called them and told them to co sponsor the Exercise and Fitness for All Act, please do so. This is legislation that would require the U.S. Access Board and uh, the Department of Justice to create guidelines and promulgate, promulgate regulations regarding the accessibility of exercise and fitness equipment. Uh, there are standards in place for gyms and fitness providers to have accessibility, um, you know, as a physical architectural structure, right? The, the hallways yep. um, to get in the door, elevators,
2: ramps, these, yes. yep,
1: ramps locker rooms and, uh, you know, bathroom, showers, things like that. But there's no requirements in place by government when it comes to the actual equipment itself
2: mm-hmm.
1: or instructions in the classes mm. um, or for video content to have audio description or closed captioning. So that is what the Exercise and Fitness for All Act will do. But there's more, there's always more than one way to advocate. So as we are pushing for additional co-sponsors and the eventual passage of the Exercise and Fitness for All Act. ACB is working with our, our, <laughs> our good friends, again, in the cross-disability community, in this case as part of the Coalition for Inclusive Fitness, the members of which include
2: National Independent
1: for- Living and ACB. Yep, the Nickel or the National Council on Independent Living. Uh, Paralyzed Veterans of America, or PVA, Mobility Fitness, and the American Council of the Blind. And what we are seeking to do is to open, uh, you know, (laughs) using, (laughs) what we're seeking to do is open, you know, communication channels, Uh, Maybe we should use Discord now that it's becoming accessible, (laughs) but to open these communication channels and have dialogues with the fitness manufacturers and the facility providers to encourage them uh, to not only make and develop accessible equipment, whether it's accessible for people who have mobility impairments or it's accessible for folks who are blind or low vision uh, but then for the facility providers to make it clear that they will purchase and install this equipment once it is available. And that really gets us to the advocacy work that we've been doing this year, Swatha, and the announcement that we just had yesterday.
2: Yeah, Planet Fitness. Planet fitness. Yeah, they are a chain, um, uh, nationwide chain of gyms and fitness, 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 facilities, fitness facilities that... um have agreed to start making their equipment accessible or have or purchase them and um make them accessible for people with disabilities. So
1: that's right. So uh yesterday ACB along with the, the coalition again nickel paralyzed veterans of america mobility fitness um and planet fitness released a joint press statement that Planet Fitness and its member locations will have made the commitment uh, to purchase and install accessible equipment as it becomes available. Much like we talked about Discord, uh, we are beginning this partnership in this journey. And the reason I say that we're beginning this partnership in this journey is because for folks who are blind and low vision, we know this equipment does not exist on the market today. Um, there are international standards for accessible exercise and fitness equipment. So to have a tactile user interface and to, pro- and to provide audio feedback uh, you know, for the, the controls, the programming and the workout, uh, but we need the manufacturer's to make these devices and bring them to market. Uh, But what Planet Fitness is doing is making it clear to industry that once you make this equipment, you have a customer. It's not just going to sit in a warehouse, but we will purchase it. We will install it. And, you know, home of the judgment-free zone, they will become an even more inclusive place and a more welcoming place for folks with disabilities uh, at their facilities as well.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. This will also encourage, like, this is good because it'll encourage um, more manufacturers to make, to um, build this equipment because now I know they have buyers.
1: Absolutely. Yes, they're they're helping to create the market for this equipment. I look, we know that, People with disabilities want to get up and get moving and be more active. We know that we want to take back our health. Um,
2: it's, we want to control our health, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's an all too familiar refrain. You know, I, I wish we had the uh, steering committee chair from the Get Up and Get Moving campaign, Tom <laughs> Tobin, on here today, who is also the president of ACB Diabetics in Action, um, because lack of physical activity and exercise is just a leading cause of obesity, heart disease, hypertension, uh, and all these conditions that can lead to type two diabetes, which is uh, diabetes being the leading cause of blindness for working age adults. So not only are we working on the advocacy end to try to make durable medical equipment accessible uh, to help control our medical conditions and learn more about our medical conditions and manage them independently. But we want to, you know, nip these conditions on the front end as well by giving folks accessible avenues for exercise and fitness. So again, we, we know that the demand is there from the consumers, because certainly here at the national office, we hear about it all the time. From our members, right, Swatha?
2: Yes, yes, we do.
1: Well, now we have Planet Fitness saying that there is a demand from uh, gyms and fitness facility providers. You know, the big purchasers of exercise and fitness equipment, the folks who can drive the market (laughs) and make real change in this arena. Um, So they're sending a clear message. You know, they're helping us raise our voices. You know, in partnership, in collaboration to the manufacturers but this is also a a bright light being shined on the exercise and fitness community you know so I, who else is going to step up and support cons- customers and consumers with disabilities who else is going to say we want to be a very inclusive the most inclusive and the most accessible fitness center or gym and maybe it's not even a, a gym or you know, a standalone gym business, right? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be uh, a university system or a state government or a federal government, um, uh, you know, department or agency saying if this equipment is available, we will provide it for our employees, for our students? You know, maybe it, it's a hotel chain that says we want to provide this for our guests. We already provide. You know, accessible ADA uh, compatible rooms at our hotel. We want to provide an accessible fitness center as well.
2: Yes. yes, yeah, absolutely.
1: So that's, that's some of the exciting things that we've been working on here at ACB. Um, again, we have the confirmation from the social security administration that if you <laughs> reminiscent of the, uh, the affordable care act, if you like, <laughs> Your your social security alternative format, you can keep your social security (laughs) alternative format. If you want to receive notifications from SSA electronically, you can do so. um, And social security will honor your affirmative request on how you receive your information. Um, Swatha, the next item that we talked about on voting was?
2: The GSA letter. Yes.
1: And yes. Yes. About making the voter registration forms on vote.gov accessible to screen readers and assistive technology. Uh, third, Swatha.
2: Discord. My Ye- favorite one. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh, man. Uh, yes. Uh, ACB and Discord announced that, that they will collaborate and partner on digital accessibility um, and digital inclusion on the Discord platform. And that will be an ongoing effort to make the products and services from Discord more accessible. And then finally, Swatha, my favorite one, near and dear to my heart. And Planet part-
2: Fitness. Yep.
1: <laughs> Planet Fitness has announced uh, to much fanfare. And again, thank you to the, the support. From the National Councils on Independent Living, Paralyzed Veterans of America, Mobility Fitness, as well as disability rights advocates, uh, Matt Handley and Andres Gallego for working with us on this agreement with Planet Fitness. But if you build it, they will come. So Planet Fitness is saying that once uh, as industry makes accessible exercise and fitness equipment available, they will purchase it. They will install it and they will welcome folks with disabilities with open arms, you know, COVID provisions providing. Uh, They will welcome folks with open arms into their facilities to use uh, independently use accessible exercise and fitness equipment so we can take charge of our health and get up and get moving. All right, everyone, I know this was somewhat of a different episode, but thank you for joining us for this week's advocacy update, where we highlighted four issues that the ACB National Office have been working on. Uh, these issues, some of these issues are ongoing. And as always, if there are advocacy issues important to you, your community, your ACB state or special interest affiliate, and you'd like to share them, with the ACB National Office. Um, Swatha, what can folks do?
2: Email us at advocacyacb.org at or call us. So call me, Edley. Mm-hmm. Yes, at um, 202-467-5081.
1: That's right. Uh, shoot us an email. Send us an email at advocacyacb.org at or give Swatha a call at 202 467 5081. And we'll continue doing our part. And as always, Swatha, we encourage everyone out there to
2: keep advocating.
0: This episode of the ACB Advocacy Update has been made possible in part through the support of ACB of Minnesota. ACBM wants to send along heartfelt greetings to all of its family throughout the ACB community. Having hosted two outstanding and invigorating ACB national conventions, they are committed to expanding opportunity for Americans who are blind and visually impaired. ACBM supports the James R. Olson Memorial Scholarship honoring one of its past members, and they continue to not let life during these challenging times slow down. ACBM invites all to their informative bi-monthly community conference calls, ranging on everything from sports and technology to gardening, and loving life in the land of 10,000 lakes. They hold quarterly monthly membership meetings, monthly coffee gatherings, and monthly board meetings. To learn more about ACBM, visit their website at www.acbminnesota.org or call 612 223 5543. ACBM, a supporter of the ACB Media Network.